0: Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast, our series of interviews with leading investment professionals. Our guest this week is Anthea Gardner of Cartesian Capital. Anthea, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Rick. Great to be back.
0: Well, you started Cartesian Capital in January last year, so you are approaching two years in this market, but the market has been pretty tough during this period. How How is Cartesian Capital doing?
1: Um. It has indeed been tough. I only got my FSB license in July, so I've been managing money since then. Relative to the index, we're doing okay, but there's no doubt the economy's faltering. You know, things are looking difficult, and what's going on globally... We're under a bit of pressure.
0: I can imagine, you know, the market uh, has been very volatile over the last two years. We saw several, you know, record highs, but currently uh, we are seeing a correction in the market. We're 11% down since the highs in April. When we spoke last year, you actually called the uh, correction because shortly after we spoke, uh, the market did go down by 10%. What is your f- perception or feeling about the current market environment?
1: So, I think since the high in April, the market correction really is to do a lot with a couple of things like Greece, for example, which had hit the headlines and now has disappeared. But I think the big question or the big story is China, because nobody's believing that the growth rate in China is what it is at the moment, predicted at 6.3%. It seems like people are more thinking that the Chinese economy is growing at about 1%. And that's a huge disparity. My question, and I I quite like this debate, because my question is, if the economy is growing at 6.3%, why has PPI or Chinese PPI come in negative for the last 40 data points? And I'm not surprised people are not believing it anymore. So I'm a little bit nervous going forward. Locally, oh, we, we've got all sorts of things going Just
0: on. Just on, on, on the Chinese economy, obviously it is one of the key growth areas of the world economy. Um, there w- has always been a question mark regarding the quality of the numbers coming out of China. But how confident are you that the Chinese government can actually uh, counter the, what's happening on the Chinese stock market um, and introduce policies that would uh, rectify the current situation?
1: In that regard, I actually do think that the Chinese government are prepared to do whatever it takes to make sure that their market and their economy is supported. So that I'm fairly confident with. What I think is happening in China though, what I believe, is that they're moving from a manufacturing sector into a services sector and they haven't made that transition very smooth. And because in the last 10 years we've all depended on Chinese demand and because it's now changing we're under a lot more pressure as of where we stand now than we have been in the last five years, I would say. Mm.
0: Many investors, you know, have been, especially South African investors, have invested in in international, you know, funds, um, offshore funds. And many of those funds are invested in in China. Um, How how do you think investors should look at what is happening in China at the moment? uh, And, you know, should they actually change their investment strategies?
1: I think if you're looking at investment strategy, the idea is to be invested where you best see value. And if you're not invested in China, the question is, where else would you be invested? So even local companies have exposure to China. So Discovery, for example, is a good one. I mean, there's a whole, um, their deal with Ping An really depends on the green fields and the change in the Chinese consumer moving from kind of this dependent on government to their own private medical aid system. I wouldn't rush out of China just yet. I I do think you'll be fine. I think it'll all play out quite succinctly in the end. Not bad? Yes, there you go. That's another one, right? And in fact, even Brait, because you know Brait recently bought New Look, which is the UK retailer. But in fact, they've got a fairly... um, ambitious expansion program into China and I think that's one of the things I'm looking for to come off in the future and to where Brait could extract value.
0: Just coming back to the local market, the risk profile of the JSE uh, has changed over the past few years and many investors believe that the, the risk is on the downside. What is your perception of that risk profile?
1: Sure. I think if you look at the economy, and I know there's often a dislocate between economy and the stock market, but if you look at where the economy is at the moment, with GDP not growing, really stubborn high unemployment, credit, the huge indebted consumer, interest rates going up, I I think we are all very nervous. The interesting thing, of course, about the JSE is that even in the top 40, 70% of revenue is generated offshore. So I'm inclined to say don't panic just yet. Don't rush out of the JSE. It has a way of kind of managing. And if we're going to talk about investment strategies, then I think this is the perfect time again to be talking about stock picking rather than being just in a general index in the market. I would say look for companies that can sustain profit margins where they're well run, possibly companies that are looking for offshore expansion and growing market share.
0: We have also seen during the past few months a pretty uh, significant devaluation of the RAND uh, due to international. Um, you know uh, developments uh, but we haven't really seen the rand hedges uh, reacting positively on it do you think rand, rand hedges uh, are hedging what they're supposed to do <laughs> you know obviously you've you've spoken about these companies that, that earn their money uh, outside the borders of South Africa but there seems to be an arbit- arbitrage opportunity there.
1: Potentially yes I think you're right I think the reason rand hedges haven't worked is because the sell-off in the last couple of months has been indiscriminate. I think as we look to the Fed to raise rates and as money moves to a higher yielding economy, and as we worry about China, we're not the only ones that have come under pressure. People are really just, or foreign investors, are selling across the board, which is why we've seen the sell-off. We're we're being lumped together with Brazil and China, and so it's not that the Rand hedges are not, well, they're not working, but it seems more that it's not their fault, if you know what I mean. <laughs> mm.
0: Just uh, coming back to you, uh, your your remark that there are um, the market currently uh, lends itself to stock picking. There are some uh, stocks that do offer value. Uh, which stocks would you uh, look at if you are you if you want to get into the market now?
1: All right. So I've already mentioned BRETT, which is. I know it's run really hard so far, but I believe in the next year or two, they're going to extract value out of their acquisitions in um, Virgin Active and the New Look, the UK retailer. The other one I quite like is PPC. So here's a story because I think Daryl Castle, who has taken over as CEO, has come in and managed really to settle the board from where it was last year. And I really like the Africa expansion story. So if you're thinking about operations in Rwanda, for example, or Ethiopia, you're looking for margins of between 30 to 40%. I value PPC's local operations at about 21 Rand a share, which is exactly where the market is now. And yes, the local market is difficult. And so I'm betting that the Africa expansion story will come off. So Rwanda, for example, next year should break even at about a 60% capacity utilization. Ethiopia has been held back a bit and they're probably over a budget a little bit. But when you're talking about such great margins, I think it's worth waiting out and hopefully seeing the upside in the share next year. So that's probably one of my favorites at the moment. And then also Tongat. Now that's, it, it doesn't really have local um, offshore exposure and it's a sugar play that hasn't worked so far or so well recently. But there's something about Tonga that has changed, and that is that they own 8,000 hectares of developable land. And the share price has been under a bit of pressure because of what's happening in sugar. Whereas last year, sugar made up 38% of the operating profit. Going forward, I think it will only make up about 10%. Tonga management have said that they are prepared to sell off some of this land. And in fact, the key land that they're selling off is a parcel of 42 hectares in Umshlanga Ridge, um, which they're selling for about 30 million rand per hectare. If they manage to do this, it'll add 1.2 million rand to their operating profit before tax. One
0: p- a billion.
1: Oh, sorry. Did I say a million? I meant a billion. <laughs> um And they're planning to do this fairly soon. In fact, they said before the end of first half, full year 16 financials, and that happens in September. So I'm looking for an announcement which I think will see the share price rally.
0: Just a look at the funds you manage, let's start with the equity fund or the Navigator Plus fund. You started it in July last year. Uh, Tell us
1: about this fund. Okay, so this looks very much like an enhanced benchmark. My benchmark is the SWIX. My mandate is to beat the SWIX, um, but with staying within my volatility Um, and tracking error parameters
0: this is an enhanced index product so it is a pretty it it follows a certain index The Swix, as you said how do you differentiate it from that index
1: so what I do in theory is I replicate the index or my benchmark and then I over or underweight according to my top picks I don't have to include all the shares but I also am very uh, cognizant of liquidity within this fund so I may have shares that um, don't necessarily fall into the top 40, for example, or they are not the most liquid. And I tend to be within a 2 to 2.5% over or under relative to my benchmark.
0: How has it performed since uh, July last year?
1: By the end of July this year, I was 5.6% over my benchmark with a tracking error of Mm 2.6. So I'm quite happy with that.
0: The money market fund uh, is your your biggest fund. Uh, How has that fund performed?
1: So we launched the Cartesian BCI Money Market Unit Trust in February. It's now 102 million rand big. The mandate there really is to be an alternative to cash um, and to maintain capital preservation. So if if corporates or individuals are sitting on a bit of cash, which is in the bank, they probably should be in the money market, which is going to earn them about 2% more than sitting on cash.
0: You also manage a very interesting fund, the BEE fund. Uh, it has attracted about 260 million rand. Uh, how is this fund constituted and how has it performed?
1: So the mandate in Ngunyama is what we call it, is to be invested in the BEE schemes of the big listed companies. So, for example, MTN has MTN Zakeles, um, Sasol has Inzalo's, uh, Vodacom has Yebuyetus. The idea there is to try and capture the discount and fairly good IRRs. We're really looking for IRRs in the region of between 15 and 30%. I I know that's quite a wide range, but these shares do in fact offer it. So Petumenati at the moment is on an IRR of I think it's approximately 40% reg. And that's one we really like because in fact it's paying a nice big cash dividend. And so it's a company that just is cash flush. Um, and so helps kind of keep the <laughs> the cash position in a good place. And how many um, um,
0: equities uh, or BEE um, schemes have you invested through this fund?
1: We've got six schemes that we're currently invested in. But I must tell you that that is probably one of the issues in that they're not doing BEE schemes. And we prefer them to be listed, but we're not restricted to that. Um, there just don't seem to be enough of them around at the moment.
0: As well as the, uh, the new rules about uh, over-the-counter um, transactions
1: Yes, this is true So things are definitely changing Which is why we like to keep a fairly tight um, hand on it Just lastly,
0: uh, we are approaching the end of the year We've seen uh, some fireworks uh, in the market this year What do you expect for, for the last uh, few remaining months uh, of this year?
1: I think in the short term, we're going to see a lot more volatility. I'd like to think, kind of, by the end of the year, it would have settled down. I'm not going to call another correction because <laughs> that would just be self fulfilling, I'd mm. like to think. But definitely, as we see the Fed increasing rates and as China changes the economy, it's going to be volatile.
0: And Thea Gardner is of Cartesian Capital.